For many of us, music plays a special role in our lives. There are songs and artists that have touched our hearts and souls and have been the background to some of our most precious moments. There's music that's been able to communicate our own feelings when we can't, illustrate our deepest thoughts poetically when we didn't think it possible, and there are songs that have been able to pulse inexplicable feelings through our veins with their vibrations. And then there are those who make music, and for whom music is a life source and a way of existing. In any case, music seems to be a form of therapy, helping us to calm ourselves, stay inspired, heal, reflect, and so on. So, it should come as no surprise that music therapy is an actual profession, right? In this interview, we talked to Matt, who's a board-certified music therapist, helping his clients trudge through mental and emotional struggles using the power, science, and magic of music. My name's Matt Lennon. Uh, I grew up in uh, Northern California near San Jose uh, in a small town uh, called Sunnyvale, California. When I sat down to interview Matt, I wanted to know how he found music therapy and what made him decide to take it on as his profession. In Sunnyvale, Matt taught music at local middle and high schools as he was in school himself in search of a fulfilling career that involved music. One day, he discovered an option that intrigued him. Uh, It was by total coincidence, uh, I went to the career library at De Anza College and was looking through one of the books and was just curious to see what other music careers were kind of out there. So I looked at like the M section and was just kind of going down the list and found music therapy. And I was like, whoa, what on earth is this? I, I really had uh, no clue up to that point. Um, that, was, that was the first time I really ever heard of that. After much research and weighing his options, an instructor of Matt's referred him to the music program at ASU. Things just sort of came together really, really fast uh, after that. Matt decided that this was his career of choice. He entered the university as a communications major and worked towards auditioning for the School of Music. So after you complete all these preclinicals and you do well and you get your degree, you then do an internship. After completing all of this at ASU, Matt decided on Seattle to fulfill his internship requirement. With the completion of this internship, he became a licensed music therapist or a music therapist board certified. With the goal of working in a medical setting, Matt applied to many positions and ended up in Long Beach, California, where he's currently working in a psychiatric hospital doing music therapy with the official title of rehab therapist. While editing this interview, I talked to many people and soon discovered that music therapy wasn't a well-known profession for the most part. People, though interested, were unsure of what it actually was. So I asked Matt to clarify. So when somebody, and that's a very common question, so when somebody comes to me, oh, what do you do? And I say music therapy, they're always, what the hell is that? I've never heard of that before. Um, And so what I tell them, uh, and I try to keep it as brief as possible, uh, but essentially what music therapy is, isn't um, using uh, clinical uh, based uh, musical interventions uh, to help meet uh, the needs of clients. So whether that need is emotional, physical, cognitive, social, you know, whatever that domain is, um, you know, using these clinically based interventions based on that. 
Or, for the more technical definition, music therapy is a clinical and evidence-based use of musical interventions to accomplish individualized goals within a therapeutic relationship by a credentialed professional who has completed an improved uh, music therapy program. Matt acknowledged that every music therapist is different and that his goal is to allow his clients to feel that they have a safe space to open up about the things that hurt so they can work through them. Matt also acknowledged that music therapy, though unique, isn't the best or most effective form of therapy. However, it can have profoundly positive effects for clients. I just want my groups and sessions, and I just want clients to know that, you know, this is a safe place that we can express our emotions um, and that we can, you know, really kind of just work together on, you know, whatever that is. Um, you know, I think people... Uh, especially, you know, like clients who are there, you know, they kind of want to make sure that everything's good and happy and great. Um, but it's totally okay to talk about, you know, what upsets you or what frustrates you, um, things that have been disappointing or upsetting, you know. Um, those are all really important, you know, things to discuss and to dive in and, and to work through. Because, um, you know, if you're happy all the time, I mean, are you really progressing any further, you know, or, or, or reflecting? Again, you know, we're a rehabilitation center, so, you know, our whole idea and focus is on, you know, being able to renew and look forward and progress in our lives. And, yeah, you know, whatever happened in the past happened in the past. Um, and, you know, we can talk and reflect on that, but, you know, we also want to make sure that we're moving forward and working on the things that we need to work on. I, I would definitely say that, yeah, music's definitely not for everybody. You know, some some clients just, they don't like it. They think music's uh, annoying and, you know, um, you know, they really want nothing to do with it. And, and that's totally okay. You know, they just have to find out what does work for them and, and what's maybe going to be a, a better option. After Matt defined music therapy more in depth and expressed his goals, I found myself wondering what a typical day looks like for him at work. So I decided to ask just that. Working at a rehab facility, he has to keep track of his clients' progress. He also gets to teach classes of groups of clients, most of whom are schizophrenic. For those who aren't too familiar with schizophrenia, um, you know, some of the main basis of that is, you know, clients will either have delusions, which are, you know, um, thoughts that maybe are not based in reality. Um, some will have hallucinations, so that'll actually be, you know, um, you know, sensory stimuli, you know, they, you know, might feel something in them or, and that can manifest anywhere from, you know, actually seeing something that's maybe not there um, to believing maybe, you know, like things are happening to their body that, aren't actually happening um, and then they also have a lot of symptoms of you know flat affect you know so trouble with their uh, emotions and oftentimes also have difficulty understanding you know um, basic social rules and norms so for me as a music therapist my main goal with those particular clients are to help with their emotional regulation and expression help with their socialization and you know being able to recognize the individuals around them and also work with them. Um, so those are kind of like the two main things. And then 
obviously then also to the cognitive aspect of, you know, being able to follow steps, instructions. Most of what Matt does is to teach his clients to communicate their emotions through the expression of music. It allows the clients to feel that they are participating in a community, being present, and communicating effectively. One type of intervention that seems to be the most effective for the schizophrenic population in working towards set goals is the drum circle. The reason why, especially in within mental health and you know schizophrenia specifically, why drum circles or any sort of intervention like that works so well is because um, Anytime you do a drum circle, so that, obviously that intervention is a little bit more complicated, but even just a basic drum circle of everybody playing just a steady beat together, um, or changing it up, you know, speeding it up, slowing it down, playing it loud, playing it uh, softer, quieter, um, it's reality oriented. So that drum circle has a clear stop, like beginning and stop, stop point. Um, also, Again, they're aware that everybody else is playing music around them, so socially that helps and works on that. Um, and then it also just gives them an appropriate outlet to express how they're feeling. You know, um, you know, they can play aggressively on the drum or quieter, you know, things like that. Um, and again, it kind of just puts them, you know, in that state of, you know, knowing what that kind of present is and living and playing within that moment. After learning more about the technicalities of music therapy and what a session might look like, I decided to ask Matt about the people that he works with and what his job has taught him about people in general. Uh, I, I guess the biggest thing is that, um, you know, even though you know, in the medical profession, um, you know, we like to just sort of diagnose and put labels on everything, you know, oh, you have this mood disorder, you have schizophrenia, um, you know, you have this, you have that, uh, that regardless of what, what that is, um, you know, people really just want to be understood and, and heard. Uh, I know that kind of sounds a little bit cliche, but that's pretty, pretty much every, regardless of what population I've come to, that is always a reoccurring um, issue that clients always want to get addressed. Um, you know, they feel like no one understands or that no one wants to listen, nobody wants to hear them. Um, and I think that's just, uh, I think we all want that. We all want some sort of validation we all want to be recognized um, for something. You know, you can go through all the all the specifics and you know different uh, life experiences we've all had. But when it really kind of comes down to it, you know, in those like moments, um, we're really really a lot more of the same than we are <laughs> kind of different. Um, I know that's a little cheesy, but that's that's really kind of what a lot of the, the takeaways I've, I've had uh, in my profession. After hearing Matt's response, I wondered if he felt that what he was doing for his career was important and if he thought that he was making a difference. He had one specific example of an experience with a client that stood out to him from years ago. Definitely there were moments where I kind of questioned, um, you know, am I actually making a difference? Um, is this 
you know, yeah, okay, like this is like what all my professors said and this is what a book says, but is am I really actually doing something? You know, is music therapy, does it actually work? Um, and the best way I can answer that question for you is uh, during my internship, um, going back to the one and only session I had um, uh, with the incarcerated teen facility, uh, that kind of answered all those questions and just reassured everything and kind of eliminated all the doubts I have uh, as far as a music therapist and that, you know, I, I really do believe that, you know, my work, you know, does matter and, you know, actually can be very beneficial. The session was divided into two groups, men and women. Matt had his entire lesson planned and he was going to do a drum circle. So anyway, so I go uh, into the men's group and it's a piece of cake. Um, like they're just loving everything. They get to play drums. They're like being very, very creative, coming up with different beats, telling, you know, you know, everyone's just interacting, having a good time. Everybody's smiling. Um, it was great. I was just like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe how well that went. He was elated as he watched the magic of his education and his lesson plan explode in a firework of success. Because of this, he was convinced that the women's session would go just as swimmingly. Uh, so the girls group comes in and it's just one girl. It was apparent in body language and affect that this particular client was less than thrilled to be there. A sharp contrast from the previous class. The only people are in the room are me, this client, um, and then the kind of like supervisor. So it's just the three of us. And I kind of just start off with a nice question like, oh, like, hey, like, how's everything? Like, how are you doing? The client answered viciously and in her reply said that she supposed it was better to be here with Matt than to be out doing meth. So I really took that in. And it felt like an eternity, but I really wanted to just give her an honest answer um, because when clients are already that defensive, like they're just looking for an excuse to prove their point. So I was thinking about it, and I think I maybe thought for maybe three seconds, but it felt like an eternity. And I just kind of looked at her and made eye contact and I was just like, well, you know, I'm really happy that you're here. Following the path, which was such a hit in the previous class, Matt started off with the same drum circle warm-up. His female client was not having it. She was not interested in participating at all. Crap. Everything I just planned for, I have to completely throw out the window because this particular client doesn't want anything to do with this. So, like the professional that he is, he came up with a new plan on the spot. Right now, I'm telling her what to do, and I think we need to kind of reverse the roles. I'm going to let her take control of this. So we had these things called tone bars, which are um, little bars that have like a little kind of mallet attached to them. And when you flick the bar, the mallet kind of hits the bar and it makes a tone. Um, and again, it's just like broken up in like a keyboard, you know, different notes. So luckily I had a set of those with me. And I just went to her and was just like, okay, we're gonna compose some different emotions. And I want you to just tell us if you think this matches whatever the emotion is. So I started off really simple. I was like, okay, what do you think happy is? I like had some tones, bars, I made her pick some out, you know, made her sound it out, you know, heard the different sounds, different things. Um, and I just kind of asked her like, oh, like, do you think that kind of melody you know, with the tone bars we're playing, you know, does that actually sound 
you know, does that actually match? And I just, she's like, oh yeah, it did. It's like, okay, so if you were to play the happy emotion, would that be kind of a faster tempo or would it be a little bit slower? She's like, well, I guess it'd be a little bit faster. I'm like, okay, so we'll do that. And like, is the happy emotion, would that be kind of loud or would that be kind of quiet? She's like, well, it'd be like in the middle. Oh, okay. So between the three of us, we all have our tone bars. We kind of make this simple melody. Um, and again, you know, this is where like the kind of music theory comes in. I just like have like a really simple chord um, that I think would, you know, kind of sound happy. Um, and so we play it and I just ask her like, you know, does, do you feel like that matches? And she's like, oh yeah, I think so. I'm like, okay. So we go through a bunch of different emotions. We go from like sad, you know, whole, whole wide range. And then at one point I ask her, you know, all right, we've done a couple emotions now. Um, what's an emotion you would like to kind of compose and create? Um, and she's like, right off the bat, she's like, I want scared. Well, okay, so I took out a couple of, um, some of the tone bars that were um, like the black keys, like on a piano, some of the sharper and kind of made, you know, a couple different, you know, something that would sound a little bit more scary or not as happy as like if you were just playing white keys. Um, so I did that and I was just asking like, okay, so who should play first? She's like, oh, like, I think it should be you, then the other counselor, then like I'll play. Oh, okay. And we do it. And I play through and I ask her, like, oh, do you think that, that sounds, you know, scared to you? She's like, no, that sounds stupid. That sounds the worst. Like, it's got to be like this. And she's messing around with other tone bars and comes in. Um, and finally, you know, we get it exactly how she wants it. She's like, you know, I want you guys to start, like, really fast. And then it slows down because it's like, she gets all of a sudden, like, really into it. She's like, no, it's got to start fast because it's like the killer's like chasing you. And then, and then like they get him and then it's this like silence. And we're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, she got like way into it. It's like, all right, awesome. So we do that. Um, and at this point, there's a clear change in how she is emotionally because at the start, you know, just slumped shoulders, head down, didn't want to make eye contact clearly didn't even want to be there, to all of a sudden she wants me to like play this certain way, the right way, and the supervisor to make sure she's not playing too loud and we're all like playing this, you know, scared melody together. Um, and she's completely into it, you know, happy, eye con way more eye contact, and the session ends. And you know, we're putting everything away and she just comes up to me at the very end of it and says, you know, hey, thank you. And that moment was when I knew that this was something I wanted to do as a career and that I felt, you know, I actually, you know, made a difference because, you know, for that moment, you know, she was in control. She got to choose what she wanted to do. There were no judgments. And, you know, she, at the end of it, you know, was just much brighter, much happier, and, you know, clearly was gonna have a, a, a good rest of the day after that. Matt says that being in the moment with his clients and playing music and escaping with them for that 40 minutes of the day gives him hope. 
Seeing them go into a space where they can be happy and communicate inspires Matt and helps him to see past the tedious paperwork and the days where clients don't want to interact. Beyond all of this, Matt's love for music and the power he believes it has was inspiring to learn about. He explained to us that music is universal. It can teach us life skills that are useful and in some ways essential for succeeding in life. So it's, man, it's just been a great, uh, like, this has taught me a lot of great life lessons, you know, just in the context of music, of, you know, just covering all sorts of things that, you know, you kind of, you know, you need to do. Um, you, know, you need to know how to be patient. You need to know how to accept failure. You need to know how to work with difficult people. And you need to know what it feels like to succeed and what, what that feels like, you know, to accomplish that and, you know, to see the results of your hard work actually come into, you know, fruition, you know, and creating that. I was never a, like a prodigy, you know? Music was something that never came naturally to me. But even with all that and all the challenges that, you know, music brought to me, uh, I just, there was just a drive for me. I, I just didn't want to get, you know, give up. I, I always wanted to work hard. I definitely always saw it as myself as kind of like a, a, a weaker player compared to some of my peers. Um, but one thing I always told myself is, is like, you know, okay, someone might be like better than me or, or natural, you know, this or that, but I will work harder than anyone else. You know, I've, I've faced a lot of doubters <laughs> and people thought I, I would go absolutely nowhere. And um, I'm, I'm right here and uh, I'm, I'm still pushing and I'm still breathing. He didn't say it explicitly, but when Matt talked about how music taught him persistence and patience and empathy, I got the sense that his goal is to teach his clients that music can do just the same for them, while healing their hurt and frustrations and giving them a voice. Thank you to Matt for sharing your story with our listeners. Unassuming Collective is created by Widow Fox Productions, a multimedium creative group comprised of artists, musicians, writers, and dreamers. This episode, like all of our episodes, was conducted and co-produced by myself, Mariah Padilla, and was mixed, mastered, and produced by our sound artist, Alessandro Marquez. If you like what you've been hearing, you can follow us, like us, and share us on social media. Unassuming Collective hangs out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and feel free to check out our website at unassumingcollective.com. Lastly, if you want to learn more about music therapy, reach out to us on any of our social media sites, through our website or by email, and we'll connect you with the right resources.